Well, welcome again to uh, another uh, weekend of having to do services off the campus, but we're still, you know, excited that we get to worship. God is a God that meets us where we're at, and we're excited that He, uh, we can still continue to worship Him um, in these situations uh, that we're facing today. And no better time than to worship Him is doing these in this in this day and age when, when we're like this. So, hey, we're just so glad that you're joining us right now, worshiping online live. I'm your host, uh, Pastor Jason, and I'll be there in the chat room along with some other pastors. And so at any time during the service, feel free to chat with us. Or if you need some live prayer, we're there to pray with you as well. But hey, we're going to continue on with Pastor Jerome this week in the message and, and that, that we've got going on of, of kind of the discovery of who God is. Last week, we wanted to know, was God real? And so this week, we're going to dive into um, what does God look like? And so uh, I'm excited to see what Pastor Jerome has for us today. You know, let's just sit back, relax, uh, get a good cup of coffee, um, and, and bring the family in together as we uh, as we worship together this morning. We're again so glad that you're uh, you're with us this morning, and we're gonna uh, be be glad to uh, worship together uh, and and have a great day. Welcome to Salem Fields Worship Online. We're so glad that you decided to join us today. It might look a little different than you're used to, but we're still here, we're still together, and we can still worship even if we're in different places. So stand up, join us as we sing together this morning and engage in worship with us today. There is a sound I love to hear it's the sound of the Savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray, where we hear praises, he hears faith. It's a sound I love to hear It's the sound of the Savior's robe As he walks into the room Where people pray Where we hear worship He hears faith Sing 
Hey, we're going to just uh, bow our heads in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and we're just so grateful for this day, this time that we get to come to worship, Lord, as it's uh, maybe just a time that's a little untraditional for many of us, Lord, but yet it doesn't matter because we know that you're here. So, Lord, I just pray right now that as uh, we continue to worship with you today, that you would uh, that you would just uh, bless this time that, that we have together, Lord, that you would uh, allow us to maybe set aside the distractions in our own homes, Lord, so we can focus in on you today, that you would be with Jerome as he delivers the message today, and that it would speak to our hearts. God, as we discover more about taking the steps towards you, God. And we're just thankful for that. Lord, I pray that you're with each other and everyone on this worship with us today, that um, as, this, uh, as this coronavirus is still sweeping the area, Lord, that you would just uh, keep us in, uh, in healthy spirits, Lord, and in great physical health, bring healing to our land, God. And we just give you all the honor and glory for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. We are glad that you're worshiping with us online today. Um, you know, uh, but we just because the building itself is closed doesn't mean that church has stopped. We are so excited about all the things that are going on still here as we enter into Easter week um, for uh, this upcoming week. Um, there's a lot of things that are going on that are going to be taking place during uh, the next week. Um, but before we go there, I just want to remind you all that you can uh, pr participate in your tithes and offerings today by going going to the top of your screen and uh, clicking on that green give tab um, and putting your tithes and offerings today um, there um, online. You can also uh, fill out your connection card. We'd love to be able to hear from you and stay connected in what's going on. That's a great way for us to get your prayer request um, to us today as well as um, you're more than welcome to drop your checks off or cash off here at the building. We have a lockbox that's uh, located on the, the outside of the building. You can find that and you can put your money in there or mail your checks in. But hey, um, also wanted to let you know, be aware of that if uh, you, we've got the stimulus package that's going on that, that's coming out the, through the CARE Act that the legislation was passed just last week um, for all of us individuals that are going on there. But something else that's out there too, that if you're a small business owner or self-employed um, uh, person or a 1099 employee, um, that there's, a, there's a other benefits out there for you and we want to make you aware of those. So if you would want to, you can go to covid.church slash cares and you can check out all the information that's available there that might be able to help you or someone you know um, during this time as we are uh, still facing this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, now on to Easter. We have a lot of things going on this week going into Easter. We have um, all of our services that are going to still take place by worshiping online and so we're excited about those. On um, Thursday night we're going to have communion together so we want to make sure that you have everything you need to participate with communion. So whether you have some crackers, some juice, some bread, just something there that you can use to represent um, the, the body and the blood of Christ as we uh, come in unity together to celebrate what it is that God has done for us um, on the cross the, on that Good Friday. And speaking of Good Friday, we're going to be going Facebook Live um, throughout the day. We'll have a schedule that will be posted out on our social media sites and on our website that we'll kind of go through. As we can, We're going to take a journey together that day um, through different times of the day as we kind of take a guided prayer walk towards the cross. And so we're going to have some different pastors that will come on and be on Facebook Live um, and with you to, to, to kind of guide you through those moments of prayer leading up to, to Jesus' last breath on the cross. And then, you know, we're going to we're gonna kind of just allow Saturday to be a time where we just kind of reflect as Jesus was 
would have been there uh, laying in the tomb. And so we're not going to have a service here on Saturday night. Um, and so we, there's no need to tune on Saturday. But, hey, we're going to kick it off, though, again on Sunday morning when we're going to have our Sa uh, Salem Field Sunrise service, which, again, will be uh, here online with us because of COVID-19. But, hey, what we're encouraging you to do, maybe take your computers with you out to your, your front porch or to your yard and gather with your family. And um, together we can still come together uh, collectively and worship as we watch that sunrise just as it represents that the sun is risen and risen indeed um, on that day. And then we'll have our regular Easter worship services at 9 and 11. So we want you to make sure you're tuning in. Hey, we're hoping that you're enjoying this uh, time of worship. And there's a lot of other things that are going on. So make sure you're checking out uh, throughout the week all of our social media, um, the different things that we've got going on to, to keep you connected, whether it's through our small groups, our lunch meetings, um, our deeper dive with the pastors, as well as even we have uh, uh, things going on for uh, our students and our children. So stay connected. Make sure you're always looking there at the website and all of our social media platforms because we want to stay connected to you during these, uh, these times where we're apart uh, socially. We hope you're having a great day, and God bless. Joshua in the Bible where they're marching around Jericho and 
this intimidating fortress in their way from the promised land. And, and said on the seventh day, they, they shouted with praise and they had trumpets and they, uh, they had other instruments and they just declared uh, just his praise. And those walls came down. And so uh, let's just do that together as a church. Let's just declare praise. Let's just lift up a voice of praise uh, over our homes, over our nation, over our world, in the midst of everything that we're facing. Because we still have a God that is on the throne. He's for us, he's with us, and he's worthy of all of our praise.
Well, hello, Salem Fields. Good to talk with you today. I can't really see you and you can't really talk back too much, but I hope you will go online somewhere and uh, plug in. This is Palm Sunday and uh, we are celebrating Passion Week. Uh, this is the last week of Jesus' earthly ministry before he, during which he is crucified and then he rises from the dead. Hallelujah. You know, people say the church is closed. No, the church is wide open. The building may be closed. The church is wide open because Jesus is alive and well, and he lives in our hearts. Wherever he lives in our hearts, there he is in our people's lives. So the church is open, and I hope that you're having a good week, even though we're shut in with a coronavirus, but we know God's in control, and we can trust him. Now, Maybe you've already noticed I'm not in the sanctuary, but I'm still in the building and this is God's house. But wherever two or three gather together in his name, there he is. And so I'm glad he's with us right now. Uh, this is kind of an audience of one. It's you and me. And I pray that you will hear God's voice, not mine. I pray that you will know that God wants to speak to you. So on this day that we call Palm Sunday, Jesus, we read in the Bible, rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and a large crowd of folks followed him around. They surrounded him. And here's how it's recorded in Matthew's gospel, chapter 21. It says, as they approached Jerusalem, Jesus sent two disciples. This is kind of an interesting story right before the other part really begins. Saying to these disciples, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there and her coat by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anybody says anything to you, in other words, the owner comes out and said, hey, where are you going with my donkeys? <laughs> you just say to them, the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill an ancient prophecy in God's word in the Old Testament that says, say to the daughter of Zion, say to the people of God, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now this is, Already a big statement, your king comes to you. So the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Can you imagine this? You're just out one day, you see a big crowd and you feel compelled to throw your new sport coat or your new uh, Columbia jacket or whatever you got on your Under Armour and you throw it out on the ground out in front of this guy who's riding on a donkey. Sounds crazy, but that's what they did. And other people cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. That's why we refer to it as Palm Sunday. They cut palm branches, spread them out in front of him. And so the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed him shouted these words, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, get this, the whole city was stirred. And people asked, who is this? Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. I want you to think about some of these things that happened. This king, quote unquote, riding into town on a donkey, people asking, who is this? And I just want you to know, I believe people are still asking that question today. The crowds answered those days, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And so as people today are asking, who is this? We Christians, we who are of the faith that Jesus was more than a prophet, we believe he is the son of God. And so we have the 
joyful task of telling people that Jesus is God in human flesh. Come on, just admit it. I mean, just be frank with me here. <laughs> you be frank with me, I'll be earnest with you. Sometimes we Christians, we churchy people, we think we're different because we have faith. But I want to remind you again, everybody has a faith. Everybody's building their lives on something, and it's called faith. You can't prove it, but they're living their lives on it. I'm gambling my whole life on a certain faith, and you are too. And I want to encourage you to make sure you've got a certain faith because the question is, will your faith hold up under the pressures of life and death? Here's the problem. A lot of people are living their lives and they don't even realize they're living by faith. They have faith that their work will result in a paycheck. They have faith that their marriage will work out somehow. They have faith that the pharmacist just gave them some medicine and when they take it, they won't die. I mean, you go on and on with how we live by faith. So when their marriage fails or their paycheck stops, everything falls apart because their faith system has been totally violated. Their faith has failed them in a big event, so they feel crushed and hopeless with the question, now what? Do you know somebody like that? Could it be that this Palm Sunday, you're that person? Let's just pray a word together. Lord Jesus, this faith thing is sometimes hard to get a grasp on. And the fact that all of us have one needs to be examined today. We need to look at our faith and honestly, with maturity and wisdom, ask ourselves, and with the leadership of God, ask ourselves, does my faith stand up when things really get tough? Does my faith do anything for me when the road is dark and dreary and things are heavy? What happens to my faith under the big crises of life? And so, Lord, help us today to see how important it is to know who you are and to have faith in you. Speak to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't want to be afraid every time I face the waves. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear it roar. I don't want to fear the storm. I don't want to fear the storm. Peace be still, say the word, and I will set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Peace be I'm not gonna be afraid Cause these waves are only waves I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna fear the storm You are greater than its roar And I'm not gonna fear the storm No, I'm not gonna fear it all, yeah 
folks, last week I began a sermon series, three parts, that is entitled My Pyramid of Faith. And I want you to test your faith. I, I really know sometimes we don't like to think about it, but I want you to test your faith and live with confidence so that you know that your faith can hold up under the pressures of life and death. Since we all live by faith, I think it, it's just vital that we agree that we check out things and make sure that we are living by the most solid, sturdy faith we can find. I mean, I don't even take my car to a mechanic until I've done everything I can do to make sure that that mechanic is competent and can be trusted. You get it? I've got to have faith in my mechanic. Now, I don't want just a blind, hey, I saw a sign that says auto repair. I guess they're okay. No, I don't want that kind of mentality. How many of you have ever gotten just like I have burned by that kind of situation. You just go in blindly and go out poorly. <laughs> uh, I've had that happen to me before. You see, I may not be able to prove that mechanic is competent. I may not be able to prove that he's honest, but I want the reviews. You know what I mean? I want to check the testimonies of people who've tried him, and I want to know what they have to say. 
I want to be walking on the thickest ice I can find. I don't want to be out on thin ice. I want to get under, if I'm going to have to walk out on faith, it's kind of like walking on ice. I want the thickest ice I can find. And so I, I know that we cannot prove our faith. We, we cannot prove that Jesus is God because we cannot prove that God exists. But we can know things in our hearts and we can know that our faith has reason and basis. We can find basis for our faith. And so I want to encourage you to think about yours today because we can't prove that ours is correct and the atheist cannot prove that his faith is correct. And so I want to encourage you, faith can't be proven, but we can study the evidence, the logic. We can study the reviews, the testimonies of people of faith, and we can choose to live by faith and the faith that makes the most sense to us and provides the most help and promises the best outcome. Praise the Lord. Are you beginning to see where I'm going with this? <laughs> I'm ready to give my review, my testimony. Anybody out there know what I'm talking about? You know, the old, can I get a witness? Praise the Lord. It's hard to contain what I feel in my heart when I talk about these things. So I've tried to build in my life what I call my pyramid of faith. I mean, I kind of look at it and, and I like to poke and probe on it. And the reason I mentioned the pyramid is because it's like a triangle with three sides. And you know, the triangle is the strongest geometric shape. Unless you physically tear it apart, I could tell, I could tack three uh, straws together and they'd stay a, a triangle until you tore them apart. And then you put that with two other triangles and a pyramid, you've really got something solid. So I want to encourage you to have a pyramid of faith. And last week we discussed level one. Is there a God? And the answer, as far as I'm concerned, and I hope you agree, is a resounding yes. There's got to be a God. Human logic, reason, observation, science, self-worth, all those things point to the fact there must be a God. There's got to be the uncaused cause. How did all this stuff get here? There's got to be that one who supersedes and creates all. And so I want you to think about that. So I believe Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created. And I encourage you, if you get a chance, or if you haven't seen last week's sermon, go back and look at it and begin to think about these things. Because today we're moving to level two. What does God look like? What does he look like? And next week we're going to look at what does God want from us? So think about it today as we examine level two. What does God look like? I remember hearing the story of a school teacher and she was uh, working with her little class of first graders and she was getting to meet them. So she asked them all to draw a picture of something that was very special to them. And she walked around the room and she could see those little children drawing a house with mom and dad or a car or some game that they loved. You know, maybe they're out playing hopscotch in the street. But one little girl she came to she was all over her drawing and just huddled over it, and the teacher couldn't see it. And she said, uh, honey, can I see your picture? She said, no, I'm not, I'm not finished with it yet. She said, well, well, what are you drawing? She said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher just kind of smiled and said, well, honey, uh, nobody really knows what God looks like. And the little girl looked up at her unashamed and said, well, they will in a few minutes. And so I, I don't know that I can say it that boldly, but I would like to think if you'll just think and let God speak to you, you'll know a little bit more about what he looks like 
when we get through with this message. So if you'll hang with me and think, I believe God will help you because a long time ago I decided, okay, I've got to that place level one. I believe there's got to be a God. Now I want to know what he looks like. And I made a commitment inside myself and I encourage you to make the same commitment. I decided if I was going to believe in a God, I was going to believe in a big God. I mean big, not just powerful, holds the world in the palm of his hand, but I mean big. What's the biggest kind of God I could imagine as far as how he would exert his power and what he would want from us and all those things. And I began my quest and I've kind of looked at the different gods of the ages. You've all studied some, I'm sure, heard about the mythical gods of the ancient Greeks and how they just seemed to play and, and amuse themselves with humanity and or the Hindu gods. Uh, where it seems they have to have a God for everything. I got, they've got zillions of gods for everything comes along. Now, see, that's not big to me. That, that's, that's, that's small. I mean, if you've got to divide your God into so many things, that's such a little bitty God. And, and the one playing with humanity for the ancient Greeks, that's small time. I mean, that's a petty little God. That's not big to me. So I just don't really see the appeal there, especially those gods. Is it the Aztecs or one of those groups that wanted those human sacrifices? Hey, let's kill the virgin and throw off a cliff. I don't understand the appeal of that kind of God. That doesn't sound very big to me. It sounds mean, but not big. So right here in this sermon, I, I, I want to say to you and make sure you understand that this series and this sermon are not designed to answer all the questions scientifically or philosophically about faith. But I am trying to demonstrate that it's reasonable. It can make sense to believe the God of the Bible the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It makes great sense to believe in him. On this Palm Sunday, when we as Christians look to Jesus, I'm saying to you, our world is still looking at Jesus, and they're still saying, who is this? Who is this? You see, our world today, I don't care what Satan says, and he's telling us all kinds of stuff. Even to us Christians, he says all the time, nobody cares, nobody else wants this but you crazy people. Hey, people still like Jesus. People are still interested in Jesus. They're not too keen sometimes on his followers because we've been kind of messed up at times. But I believe you and I can so live that people want to know about him and we'll be able to tell them who he really is. People still are interested in Jesus. And so I want to say to you today, many people will go out and they'll say, Oh, Jesus, ah, he was a good man or he was a good teacher or he's, you know, a good fellow and all those things. Well, he was all those things, but he's so much more. Here, here's the problem, and you, you understand this. Jesus can't be a good man. He just can't. If that's all he is, then it's all a sham. He can't be a good man. Why? Man, why? Because in the flow of all of his good works and his good teaching, he said this, John 10, 30, I and the Father, God, am, are one. I and God are one. And in another place, he says, anybody who has seen me has seen the Father. Man, the religious leaders wanted to stone him for blasphemy, for claiming as a mere man to be God. You can understand how they got upset. If we had somebody walk in here and do that now, we'd do the same thing. So that's the big dilemma about Jesus. Is he a lying lunatic or is he the Lord? Is he the king or is he a kook? Jesus. There's no in-between. There's not. You can't straddle a fence on this deal. He's either God or he's a goofball. Well, what do you think? I want you to really 
nail this down because if he's God, you better give him your all. If he's God, you better find out what his deal is and get in line with it. If he's God, he sets the game plan and you better be a part of it. Now, if he's a goofball, we ought to all abandon it right now, shouldn't we? Let's go bowling. Oh, we can't do that. Coronavirus, right? Okay. Well, let's go do something else. So think about it with me. Who is he? You say, well, okay, I'm thinking all this stuff, but get to it, man. What does God look like? Well, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 makes a great big giant statement. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. And uh, this is a pretty powerful statement, if you ask me. It says this, Jesus, the Son, is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation. He is the re exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The Bible says Jesus looks just like God. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. And as I said earlier, people still love what Jesus looked like. His kindness, his compassion, his love, his spirit, his willingness. Oh, I get blessed just thinking about it. That's what my God looks like. That's pretty big to me. That's big. And I hope you understand what I mean when I say big now. Whew. Jesus looks like God. <laughs> I think I know a little bit more about my God, don't you? And there's more. There's more. Because I'm looking for the really big God, so that helps me in a whole lot of areas. And this week, Christians all over the world are celebrating this. Jesus' death on the cross. Can you imagine that? Celebrating death? Somebody's death, want to celebrate it? Yeah. Why? Because he took my place. He died for me. He died for you. And that's a real mind blower for me. Because Jesus himself said in John 15, 13, there is no greater love than this. Nobody has a greater love than this than a person would lay down his life or die for his friends. That makes sense. That's the biggest thing we can think of, and it's sacrifice. That's why we're so appreciative of our military people and our first responders. They're willing to lay their lives down for us. But Romans 5.8 really puts the big cap on that. Jesus says, no greater love than to die for your friends. But Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. He died for us while we were yet sinners. Now, that doesn't sound like a friend to me. That sounds like somebody shaking their fist in your face. And that's who you and I were when God, through Jesus, died for us. Whew. Friends, that's big. That's why we get moved when we read John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever will believe in him won't die but have everlasting, eternal, forever life. And I'm interested in that, aren't you? I want to live. I believe God's got eternal plans for me. I believe he's got eternal plans for you. And it's up to you and me to see that and to begin to believe in God, to begin to realize he looks like Jesus. And that kind of love, willing to die for me on the cross, whoo, that is big. I mean, that's really big. <laughs> It overwhelms me. My emotions just go out the roof. And I'm so thankful for God's great love. That's crazy big love. Crazy big love. And then the thing 
drives me over the cliff <laughs> in the right sense of the term, just makes me want to jump up and down and, and do whatever, is the fact that not only does he die for me, but he rose from the dead. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. He's not in the grave. He didn't just die for me. He, he stamps the approval seal all over everything he ever did. His birth, his teaching, his goodness, his death, all are proven, all are sealed up in the fact that he comes out of the grave just like he said he would. And I say, Woo, I'm interested in that. I want to know the power that brings somebody out of the grave because I want to live. And that's what God says he wants for us. I'm getting ahead of myself. That's kind of in next week's sermon. But I say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anyhow, I'm glad to be on this team. I'm glad to be serving the living God. That's big. He loves me. Jesus looks just like Jesus, just like God. And he loves me and he rose from the dead. Think about it. I want to challenge you today to believe in God. But more specifically, I want you to believe in the God of the Bible, the God who has always been and always will be, the God who leaves the throne of heaven and comes to live on earth in the form of a human, walks among us, dies, allows us to kill him on a cross for our sins, goes into the grave and comes out of the dead saying, I want to show you the same path. You may need to die physically, but you don't have to die spiritually. I've got an eternal plan for you. You're going to rise again. And I say to you, when I think about love, from the throne of heaven to the place of the dead, can you see, I'm trying to illustrate something I can't illustrate. A few years ago, the word paradigm was a big word in our society. Remember paradigm shift? And we were always talking about that kind of difference between what it was and what it is. There is no greater paradigm shift in all of eternal history than the God of the universe leaving the throne to come and lie in a grave somewhere in a dusty place in Palestine for you and for me. There's no greater power shift, paradigm shift, no greater paradigm shift than that. I, you know, I, I believe when I say that, I believe God must have been the author of the song. goes, ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Why? Because I love you and I'm going to come to you if you just won't block me out, if you'll believe him, if you'll trust me. And so I want to challenge you today. God really loves you and he's demonstrated it through becoming Jesus and dying for us on the cross and rising from the dead. You want to know what God looks like? He looks like Jesus and that kind of love. You come up something bigger than that, we can talk. But until then, I'm going with Jesus. I'm going with the God who loves me like that. Let's talk to him right now. Lord, first of all, I just got to tell you, I love you. And I know it's not about me loving you. It's about you loving me. That's the mind blower. And I pray that you would help us today in our houses and places where we're quarantined and we're under the fear and the concern of coronavirus and we're just locked up. Help it to remind us of when we were bound by sin and you came and you set us free. And even in the coronavirus quarantine, you can set us free in our hearts and our spirits. And we have a freedom in us that the world cannot give nor take away. And I pray that you'd bless people and their families right now. But most of all, individuals who would say, I'm going to believe in God. I'm going to believe in the God that looks like Jesus. I want a big God. There is no bigger God than the one who can love me like that.
when I was a sinner, loved me and died for me. Praise the Lord. And so help us to trust you and help us to be the people of God and help us to truly celebrate, not just by waving palms, but by offering up our lives and saying, here I am, Lord Jesus. Do what you want to with me. I'm yours. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth can know my name, can feel my hurt? Who am I that the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever wandering on? Because of who I am, but because of what you've done, it's not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, today and gone tomorrow, away tossed in the
You know, as we uh, close this service today, I hope you've really examined your faith and I hope you've drawn up closer to God. He wants to draw close to you. He loves you. He's got big plans for you. Those aren't just pastoral cliches. That's what I believe to the depth of my being. You see, I'm, I'm betting my whole life on this Christian deal. I'm betting my whole everything on Jesus. And you know what? I just feel as calm and at peace as I can ever express. I can't put it in words. And I want you to have that. If I get to have it, you ought to get to have it. And you know, because of Jesus, you can have it. And maybe you can even teach me some stuff about it. We all need to grow in this. And we grow by being the body of Christ and helping one another. And even though we're in our houses with coronavirus fears and all that kind of stuff going on, we can still be the body of Christ. You can help your neighbors. You can look for needs around you. You can bless your family. You can help your kids grow up closer to Jesus, have devotional times, maybe learn what being a Christian family is all about. And you can be the Christian mom or dad or the Christian teenager or child that God's called you to be. And so I hope you'll do that. We are providing as many tools as we can electronically right now. So be sure and check out Facebook and, and our website and all the things that go to that so that you can find all the things that are going on this coming week. And then next Sunday weekend, we're going to celebrate Easter. I mean, we may be separated, but we're going to celebrate the resurrection. And I want you to know, too, when we finally do get back together as a church in a building together for worship, we're going to have resurrection celebration. I mean, it's going to be top notch. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in the meantime, after next Sunday, we're going to start a seven-week kind of path to Pentecost. And we, in that journey, want to learn what it means to be sold out to Jesus and to be fired up by the Holy Spirit, filled up by His presence in our lives so that we can be the body of Christ. He wants us to be in Fredericksburg, Spotsylvania County, and wherever we go. God wants to use you powerfully. And I'm glad to be a part of what's happening here at Salem Fields. And I know God has big plans for you and for all of us. Let's just be His. God bless you. Good to be with you today.